Today's guest on the Bitcoin.com News Podcast is tech entrepreneur and fintech futurist, Armando Pentoja. Welcome to the show, Armando. Uh, thanks for having me. So, Armando, let's get right into it. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and you know why everybody should uh, follow you? Uh, so, like you said, I'm a financial technology futurist, tech entrepreneur, and I'm a former software engineer. Uh, so, what I do is that... Uh, I invest in uh, tech products, uh, a lot of blockchain products, a lot of AI, emerging technologies. Uh, I've been in cryptocurrency, uh, specifically Bitcoin, since 2011. Uh, I've owned several Bitcoin companies that I've exited out of. And, uh, and you know, I've just been in this a long time. And I, I know a lot from the technical perspective as, as well as the financial perspective. So, uh, you know, I'm just a big proponent of uh, cryptocurrency in general, especially Bitcoin. So, like I said, I'm happy to ha happy to be here today, and I appreciate you having me. Thank you for joining us. And I guess you mentioned Bitcoin, so let's let's start with that. We're now hovering well above uh, 40k. Where do you see the price of Bitcoin in a year from now? Uh, a year from now. So right now it's December of 2023. So we put that puts us at 25 December of 25. The halving is in April. Uh, right now, so I think it actually got moved up to March 31st. Uh, so at the halving, uh, there's a, normally a slight delay after that before we have exponential growth. Uh, so I think we'll be at about between 50 and 70 at the halving. Uh, but in the next year, we could be right under 100. Uh, I think maybe right at 100,000, I would say, or, or right under it. 100,000 100, by uh, the end of 2024? Or by the halving? I think in the early 25, we can reach 200, 250. Wow. That's going to have a lot of impact. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, especially with the ETF coming up, uh, institutional money ready to flow in. Uh, I think a lot of, and also I think what's going to happen too is that in 2020, uh, during the pandemic, I think that cycle was kind of cut short because of, you know, the pandemic. Uh, Bitcoin went from around 14,000 to 3,000. That was our starting point from the halving. Uh, and then, you know, we had a Ukraine war. We had a lot of, you know, uh, recalls of of, of COVID uh, that caused the market to drop. And there was a lot of things that caused that, that cycle to be kind of cut short. Uh, so I think this cycle is going to make up for that. I think we're going to get uh, the gains from this cycle as well as uh, make up for the last cycle. Yeah, there's there's definitely a, a lot of room to grow. And, yeah, uh, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, the, the ETFs. What do you anticipate, uh, you know, specifically BlackRock? That's what everybody's uh, talking about, right? The Bitcoin and Ethereum ETFs. How, how do you see their impact on the financial markets? Uh, I think what's gonna, what that does is that legitimizes Bitcoin. Like, it's, nobody can say that it's illegitimate after, as a, you know, as an official ETF on the market. It'd be very difficult to say it's a scam or it's a giant Ponzi scam. That's what a lot of the... The naysayers say, right? They say, oh, it's all big ponds because they don't understand how the blockchain or the technology works. But um, I think that's going to legitimize it to a lot of people. So a lot of people who are, who've been on the sidelines for years, who've heard about Bitcoin, are going to start looking at it differently. They're going to be like, you know, now nah, I think this thing could be something. So that's going to allow a lot of retirement money, 401k money in the U.S. or even all over the world, uh, you know, different, uh, you know, even pension funds. A lot of people will be able to invest in Bitcoin through this ETF. So it's going to bring a lot of attention to the crypto market. Uh, and it's also going to bring a lot of capital in, which is, of course, it's going to push the price up. I think the Ethereum ETF has more, uh, from an investor perspective, I think that's going to have more impact on Ethereum than the 
Bitcoin ETF is going to have on Bitcoin. And the reason why I say it is because Ethereum's a, a younger currency. Uh, it tends to react more to like, you know, during cycles or during when Bitcoin has, Ethereum will react a lot more percentage wise. So I think Ethereum has a lot more room to grow. So it also has a lot more room to grow with a Ethereum ETF than Bitcoin does, right? But I, they both are going to do extremely well when ETFs are, are dropped for both of those currencies. I guess this is the point place to, to remind everyone that none of this is uh, financial advice, right? Just giving... Yeah, we, got, uh, we have to say that. Yeah, we're just, just talking all the things, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, you, you, you've mentioned your uh, tech background, right? Um, specifically, AI is now, you know, the hottest store in the world. Everybody is, is looking at how it's going to impact the economy and various industries. How do you think AI is poised to influence the blockchain industry in the in the coming years? So I think AI and blockchain are a perfect marriage, uh, and that's what I think is going to drive a lot of the the the, uh, the cycle next next drive a lot of the narrative I should, narrative I should say after the having of uh, April March two thousand twenty four. I think what's going to happen is that uh, a lot of projects are going to come out that are based around AI. Uh, and, and cryptocurrency is a perfect match for AI because the, the problem with AI right now is uh, artificial intelligence. If you think about it as a as a as a self-contained unit, right, that we can put out into the world to do work, uh, the problem that AI has right now is access to resources. And when I mean resources, I mean money, right? So you know, so if we want an AI model to work independently in the world, it has to have access to resources. So cryptocurrency provides that. Because uh, AI can, you know, uh, access uh, cryptocurrency through smart contracts. Uh, it can access cryptocurrency through DAOs, which I think that's going to be a big future going forward. Is that I think DAOs uh, paired with AI is going to be a big, big thing in 2024-25. I think that's going to be similar to what e NFTs were in 2020-21. But I think the DAO AI match is going to be a lot more profitable and it makes a lot more sense than, you know, NFTs, I think I have a great future too, but I think it's more with ownership as opposed to what the artwork and stuff that we saw before. But DAOs, I think that a DAO, like for those who don't know, is a decentralized autonomous organization. So traditionally what happened is that people would buy tokens in these projects. Uh, the DAO would be a company and and we would vote on these, you know, protocols. Like, no, sorry, we would vote on proposals. So For example, if like we had a real estate down, we wanted to buy a building. So everybody that owned the tokens would vote on, you know, for everybody's building or not. So that still introduces hu the human element. So we all can just make bad decisions or we have to all be present or whatever. So if you replace those voting, that, that voting with machine learning and let the machines vote and let the machines manage the tokens or manage all the responsibilities, what you've done now is you created an AI model. That that's an, a, now a true asset. So I can buy into different, like, let's say, for example, ChatGPT. Let's say instead of OpenAI owning that, they turn it into a DAO. So I could buy tokens in that. And it would, and, and as, as we bought more tokens, the, the, the DAO could, uh, the AI and the DAO pair could, uh, could grow and could build itself, you know, and then I could earn money by as people use this DAO, they have to pay with tokens. And that would cause the value of the DAO to go up. So that AI model is now an asset that people can buy into and profit from. That would bring a whole new meaning to the autonomous in the, you know, the decentralized it'll autonomous organization. It'll bring true autonomy to the DAO. Right now it's not truly autonomous, but adding AI into it will make it truly autonomous in the future. 
Yeah, that's that's a, a, a exciting future to to think about. Also, kind of scary, you know, if if you have these uh, entities with their own, uh, you know, their their own um, their yeah. own bonds that are not human at all. Wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty futuristic. Yeah, I mean, they can work together. They can share resources between each other. That's where the crypto comes in, right? Is that they can they can uh, pay each other for different services. A lot is a lot of possibilities. You know, five, ten, even twenty years down the line. So let's say anybody that's uh, listening and they're thinking about, you know, what cryptos they need to either, uh, let's say, um, choose, right, to 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 trust in or join the community, right? What are your top, crypt, let's say, top three crypto crypto picks uh, as of today? It's always going to be Bitcoin. Uh, I, I would say Ethereum's first. And the reason why is because uh, I think Ethereum has more potential, you know, investment-wise. Because, like I said, it's a newer cryptocurrency. We, If those, if what I predict about the DAOs is going to come true next year, and some of it's already happening, uh, I think that people are going to choose to build on Ethereum. Now, people are going to say gas fees are expensive as opposed to, like, Solano or, or another blockchain. But... But I still think people trust that the airman has been out the longest and it's the, you know, it has more, more uh, users. Uh, so I think that people are going to choose to build on top of it. And then also, I think there's going to be uh, a lot more ERC-20 tokens, a lot more uh, different smart contracts built on Ethereum. So I think the demand for Ethereum is going to go up higher than Bitcoin. So I'd say Ethereum first, Bitcoin second, because Bitcoin is always, um, it's got the highest name recognition out of any crypto. If we go if we go out into any 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 city and we just randomly ask people choose one crypto, they're all going to say Bitcoin. They're almost ninety percent are going to say Bitcoin first. Uh, so that name recognition and they were first to market. That's huge on the business side. Is that you can't re- replicate that. So if there is a mad rush to crypto in 2024-25, uh, the average person is going to choose Bitcoin first and they're going to run to that. So that's going to cause a, just a natural you know increase in the price and increase in demand. Uh, and three, I think um, it's kind of, you know, I would say it's between XRP and uh, and and probably Solana. But uh, if I had a choice between the two, I would go with XRP because I think XRP has a, uh, is, I think the price of XRP, from, we're talking about from an investor perspective, I think the price of XRP is artificially too low right now. I just think that uh, with the SEC and with all the problems and troubles they've been through over the last few years, that that price of XRP is, it should be higher. Uh, than it is right now. And I think that, you know, from an investor's perspective, like I said, this is not financial advice, but from an investor's perspective, I think there's a lot more potential and growth in XRP from today on. Why is that? Can you tell me more about, because I, I would say on on uh, crypto Twitter, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of mixed feelings on. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> and the reason why I think so, and I'll tell you why, is because uh, if you look at it from a utility perspective, uh, XRP is, is cheaper, faster. Uh, and I, I just, and, and, you know, they, they, every day they announce a new partnership and they announce, you know, political and also, you know, commercial partnerships. And a lot of the banks are involved in it. Uh, I think that that, that shows that XRP has a lot of potential, uh, going forward. And if you, you just look at just, you know, like price history, right. Is that XRP reached a high, I think of around 350, I think as high as it got. That's when Bitcoin was around eighteen, nineteen thousand. Uh, so even if you like look at the, the the correlation with Bitcoin, it should be around six, seven dollars today. Right now, it's what at sixty something cents. 
Uh, and I just think that, you know, uh, if they get their act together, uh, a lot of the problems go away. I think that just naturally people will see the utility of XRP. Uh, and the price could go go a lot higher than it is today. Uh, and that's the reason why is that is, you know, I just think that the price right now is just artificially too low. I think there's just a lot of restrictions on it right now. Uh, it's not even added back on a lot of exchanges yet. So I think that people can't even get access to it. So I think if all that turns around, I think the potential for it is, is, is pretty high. I know people get very heated over, over these conversations. So. For sure. But I, I'll write you down as a XRP bull, right? You're, you're, yeah. 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 Um, so what about uh, Solana? You, you mentioned it there. How, how do you see, uh, you know, the coin right now? Uh, like I see is that uh, Solana, I think uh, uh, it, it's also one of those coins that allow, is, uh, you know, what we what I, I call a buildable blockchain. Uh, and that's what it, really a lot of the blockchains are like that now. Uh, I think when uh, we talked about DAOs and AI being, you know, paired together, I think Solana is also a good match. It's cheaper than Ethereum. Uh, and uh, it's also a newer coin. So it, I think the potential is high there also. But I said if I had to choose between either one, I would go with XRP just because, I think there's more potential, but I think Solana and Cardano too. Uh, both of those have a lot of potential going forward into uh, 2425. I guess in more general, what what's your take on? Uh, you've mentioned that that you think NFTs, uh, you know, could could make a comeback. What what's your take on digital art as you know part of the you know cryptocurrency ecosystem? Uh, see, I never really I, I believe in NFTs as a concept. Uh, for proof of ownership uh, and a lot of other things. But I, I really didn't, the, and I think that, see, the the, the art world is, is like any other world that it does, that is easy to, it's easy to create work and it's hard to master it, right? So at the low level, there's a lot of artwork out there. At the high level of really great artists, there's only a few, right? It's almost like playing basketball, right? There's a lot of basketball players. There's only one LeBron James or one Kobe Bryant or one Michael Jordan. So I think that goes the same thing with it, it kind of, you know, reminds me of the NFT world is that uh, because there was so many people putting out artwork and artwork is the, the barrier to entry for artwork is low. I didn't see a lot of future for that going forward. I thought that it would be the market would be flooded like it eventually was. And uh, and, you know, the prices would all drop. And that's, that's what happened last time. Right. Uh, but I think going forward, the great artist always have a potential to, you know, use the NFT process to, to, you know, to create artwork. But I don't know if it's, I don't think it, I think most NFTs will never probably come back. Yeah. Again, not, not financial advice, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, but, I, but I, I totally. The great ones will come back. The great ones will come back, but the, the mediocre ones or the ones below that, it's, it, it, that, that market really was short lived, but it was a good use case for what the NFT can do. Uh, and it was just, you know, we did it for art for now, but maybe we could do it later for, for you know, proven ownership of houses. I, it was a, at the end of the cycle last time, I was actually trying to convert one of my houses into an NFT. And I think things like that are uh, are what they, where NFT actually shines. It's an own, proven ownership or tokenizing ownership of uh, real life assets. Yeah, like you said, we just need the, like the highest caliber of artists to, you know, to back up uh yeah. and nfts like uh and not just if if it's mass produced by anyone automatic yeah obviously the the value of it would inflate to, to zero eventually and that's what happened last time is that uh it, you know 
it has to be some kind of mechanism. And I don't know whether it's society that does it or maybe some regulatory body. I don't know. Like you said, great artists uh, should be able to, you know, mint NFTs. You know, it, it, like I, I remember one time I read an article about it was a girl that was, and I don't take anything away from her because I, I love kid, creative kids. But it was an eight-year-old girl. She put out an NFT collection and made $8 million the first day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it, and, and I'm not saying she wasn't a great artist, but I'm saying at that point, any it was a point in the NFT market where anybody, I don't care who you were, you could put out an NFT and you could make at least, you know, Twenty to hundred thousand dollars. Anybody could. It was a. It was a period for about six weeks during that last cycle where um where it was a mad rush. Right? Does anybody to put out an NFT would make you know at least a hundred thousand uh, dollars? And that's what I knew. Things were getting kind of silly. For sure. Yeah, but but it's it's nice for the parents of that little girl or and yeah, whatever strike it while it's while it's hot. Yeah, I'm yeah. proud of her. Yeah, so I'm sure. I uh, hope she used that money to uh, you know further education and, and make a good life for. Her. But it's just an example of how they got crazy stuff got. For sure. So you you mentioned earlier that um, ETFs are going to be bring uh, better legitimacy for for Bitcoin and and Ethereum. How do you see it uh, going forward? As a you know, Bitcoin is a legitimate asset classes for, you know, traditional investment for portfolios? So uh, what I, th I think that when, when the ETFs come out, what's going to happen is that uh, it'll be after the ETF comes out, it's going to make, you know, it's going to cause the market to go up exponentially, I think. That's why we're going to get to 250, maybe even higher Bitcoin. Maybe we get to a million. I don't know. Uh, maybe in a four years or whatever. But there, there's going to come a point, especially with the ETF coming out to where Bitcoin becomes stable. And Ethereum becomes stable, and, and and a lot of people who who want to make who want to make great profits in crypto, uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, you know, whatever, uh, you know, they're gonna look at this and like and like be like, oh, you know, I can't make 10x, 20 times on money anymore. But the traditional financial world doesn't like volatility. Ethereum can't really be used for what it's you know for smart contracts for NFTs or whatever, unless the prices stay more stable. Bitcoin cannot be used as a, a, you know, as a maybe an inner country, you know, transfer of wealth or anything like that, unless the price is more stable. So the price has to eventually become stable in order for all these great things to happen, because it's very difficult to do business with a coin or any kind of, you know, uh, any type of money or currency that's not stable. What I mean by that is wild swings, eight, 10% up every day. That's not, you know, we, you, you need about, a, you know, five, six, maybe 7% gain a year. You know, something that's stable from day to day. That's where it's, you know, people are more comfortable using it. And I think what the ETF does is it gives parity to the market, right? Is that if we have an ETF out there with Bitcoin, so instead of right now, the Bitcoin's price is aggregated between, you know, maybe 100 exchanges, maybe even more. And the price that we see on coin market cap, for example, is an aggregated price. So every exchange has a different price. You know, it may be a few cents off or maybe a few dollars off. Every exchange has a different price. There's no central place to go to and say, this is the price of Bitcoin. The ETF gives us that. So now there's a parity that every market can look to and say, this is the true price of Bitcoin. So all of those exchanges will fall in the line with whatever ETF current price is. So now the volatility in Bitcoin is reduced. And over time, that volatility is going to go down, down, down to finally we're at a point where Bitcoin, Ethereum, and a lot of other cryptocurrencies are more stable. And when they're more stable, that's when society in general will accept them and use them a lot more. Uh, so the future of crypto is very bright. Uh, 
you know, on the, on the, you know, the footsteps of these ETFs coming out. And what's your take about the current mood, I would say, of, of regulators in the U.S.? Because everybody's, you know, pretty much everybody's um, saying, you know, how much the SEC is um, anti-crypto or general anti-crypto yeah. attitude, but everybody seems to be certain that the ETF is coming. So, yeah, I mean, the United States, and I hope I don't get in trouble saying this, <laughs> but uh, the United States has some stupid ideas on cryptocurrency. And I, and I remember back, when, uh, I got in cryptocurrency in 2011, right? And it, it, back then it was more popular in Europe and Asia. A lot of times I'd have to go to conferences over there because there wasn't a lot of conferences in the U.S. back then. Uh, but I think the U.S. has a, a very protectionist uh, viewpoint towards crypto. Uh, I think they're, they're they're too focused on trying to stop it or reduce it. And the thing about crypto Bitcoin is that it's past that point of, of trying to control it or trying to stop it. You know, it's it's at a point. Crypto Bitcoin. Let's talk about Bitcoin. Bitcoin right now is at a point where whoever whatever country adopts it first, long term will win the biggest. So if if the United States sits on the sidelines and fights against it, not not you know fights adoption and drops all these regulations. Uh, I know the senator, a senator dropped a proposal yesterday. They're going to heavily regulate crypto uh, and try. It's going to cause America to be behind countries like El Salvador, other countries that are accepting Bitcoin. They're ahead of us. So you, you, you put it the time on out 10, 20, 30 years. They're going to be way ahead of us in this crypto, uh, I guess, race. Uh, so I think that, I think the United States needs to step back and just accept it. It's, you can't. The way that crypto is, uh, Bitcoin is set up and the way that it's structured is that you can't stop it. You only can accept it. It's, it's, we're past that point. So I think the United States just have to, has to understand that and just find ways to regulate it. But I, I, it was a time I was against regulation, but now I think we need light regulation uh, just to keep, you know, make everybody feel more safer, feel more safe uh, investing in cryptocurrency. But um, I just think the United States is doing too much uh, regulation and trying to you know stop it instead of just adopting it. Yeah, it's definitely losing the you know, the lead in being uh, you know that place for for crypto companies. But uh, you know, I'm hoping at least on the on the finance side, right? If they uh, approve the ETFs and right, they can be at least uh, you know the the institutional leader. And I'll give you a good example. El Salvador, uh, I think yesterday or the day before, uh, re- announced that they've been approved uh, to sell uh, crypto, uh, Bitcoin bonds. Now, a foreign investor is going to look at American bonds and look at crypto bonds and Bitcoin bonds, and they're going all the money's going to go to El Salvador, you know, <laughs> over the next 10, 20 years, unless America changes its, uh, its viewpoint on crypto. So we have to change how, how we see this. Uh, it's not a it's it's not a threat. Uh, it's not a something we have to stop. It's not used by criminals. I hate when they say that. Is that the number one currency used in the world by criminals is the U.S. dollar, and no other currency is used more by criminals worldwide. So, uh, and and you know we don't demonize the U.S. dollar, so uh, there's no need to demonize Bitcoin. Yeah, that's a, that's a great uh, that's a great point. Another technology that's really been uh, making your rounds recently and, and everybody's talking about, at least in the future, uh, impact that it can have on blockchain and, and crypto is quantum computers. Wanted to know, given your uh, tech background, what, what do you think about this? Uh, so uh, quantum computers, um, 
Uh, for those of you who don't know what a quantum computer is, is that it's uh, a traditional computer does uh, operations serially. So it does one after another. And you can have parallel processes or whatever to do and speed up that process. But it's still restricted by time, right? Is that the reason why we can't break a like, a, like Bitcoin wallets or any other crypto, well, most crypto wallets are encrypted. So in order for us to break that wallet, we have to, you know, we can, any, any computer can break a, a crypto wallet, a Bitcoin wallet, but it would just take so long. It's not worth it. It may take 40, 50 years, maybe even longer to just do it with, with brute force, just every possible combination. So it would just take too long. So by the time you, you hack the wallet, the money, you know, the crypto is probably gone. So it's not worth it. Um, or, or, or there's a new crypto wallet that's being created. So yeah, what, the time restriction is what gets us. But with quantum computers, uh, all operations are done at the same time. So the time restriction is gone. It doesn't matter. So if quantum computers were to come out today, every crypto wallet on the planet would be uh, at a at threat of being hacked. Uh, and they have some, but they, they're not really stable quantum computers. But I mean, if a, if a, if a truly functional quantum computer were created today, all crypto wallets would be, uh, most crypto, 95% of crypto wallets would be at, you know, at a threat. And there's a few that are quantum resistant. Uh, IOTA is one uh, that I like. Uh, but but on the other hand, is that I believe that these technologies will uh, adapt uh, to whatever is coming in the future. And I think that, uh, I mean, it's just a threat that most people, we just have to look at, look out for on the, on the horizon because, they, you know, a lot of things could be at risk if uh, if we reach the dream of quantum computing here in the future. And like I said, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk about it. Uh, I think we're going to talk a lot about it in 24, 25. Uh, and I think that... Uh, you know, it's just something, a threat that we just have to be careful with. And especially blockchain developers have to be aware of it and, you know, d- develop the the protection right yeah. into, you know, the, the, the infrastructure. Yeah, we just have to, I think awareness is the first stage. We just have to make sure we're aware of it. You know, this is coming uh, and it's inevitable. So we just have to, you know, just become aware of it at first. So Armando, I I think we learned a lot from you today about uh, you know the future of uh, crypto and technology. Uh, where should our audience go in order to to follow you and 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 learn more about your your uh, opinions and your takes on on the matters? Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm on so any social media platform is Tall Guy Tycoon T A L L G U Y T Y C O O N. On Twitter, as an underscore before Tall Guy Tycoon. So it's underscore T-A-L-L-G-U-I-T-Y-C-O-O-N. So you heard it, guys. Tall Guy Tycoon on all social media. The link to uh, Twitter will be, of course, uh, attached down in the description. Uh, thank you so much, Armando, for uh, taking the time and uh, sharing all your uh, knowledge with us today. Uh, thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to the Bitcoin.com News Podcast. Follow us for more interviews with the most interesting leaders, founders, and investors in the fields of cryptocurrency, decentralized finance, NFTs, and the metaverse.